everybody. This is the Winning in Winnipeg podcast, where I talk to top performing business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, and local Winnipeg celebrities. I get to learn who they are and how they think, and I get to hear their perspective about what's really going on in Winnipeg and their businesses. Today, I'm pleased to have the owner of Prairie Plaster, Tyler Barrett. Tyler has quickly become one of Winnipeg's most sought after finishers, specializing in gorgeous plastering designs. Tyler has made great relationships with designers all over the city that insist that he is brought in to do their project, particularly for his work in the fine art of Venetian plaster. I have had the pleasure of working with Tyler, and not only does he do incredible work and is a pleasure to work with, but has quickly grown his brand to one that people are not only noticing, but demanding to have on their projects. I'm excited to dive into way more with him here and hear more about what he has to say. Tyler, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, man. So I'm excited to talk to you not only um, about how you've started this like incredibly niche, <laughs> you know, business, yeah. um, you know, to, to Venetian plaster and interior finishing, um, but it also seems that your business is kind of blown up over the last few years, right? It has, yeah. So i i want to I want to hear all about that um, before getting into prairie plaster. Take me through what it looked like, you know, growing up, coming out of school oh. uh, and really diving um, into the workforce. Yeah, I had no idea I was going to be in construction. No really? clue. Uh, my dad tried to get me to help him with stuff around the house as a kid. Okay. Just like carpentry, electrical. We did some renovations in our house. I had no interest in it though. Okay. Um, I was more of like artist, musician. And I just, um, it wasn't until later on that I, I found an interest in it. I was working in restaurants for a long time yep. as a, uh, from teenager till my mid twenties here in Winnipeg, uh, here in Winnipeg, but also I lived in Brandon for a little bit. Okay. Um, went to, uh, university for classical guitar and then, no way. uh, moved out to Toronto and Niagara Falls, um, when was this? Around 2010. Okay. And I just wasn't making enough money. Yeah. And you work so hard in restaurants. And I was like, if I could work hard, but make the money I want to make, mm -hmm. that would be ideal. So I ended up taking um, this course in Welland, Niagara College. Uh, it was just basic construction techniques. Yep. Um, it's a one-year certificate program. And the hands-on for the course was great because it was a Habitat for Humanity house. Okay. So we showed up to site. It was just a hole in the ground, and we made the footings, poured, uh, poured the concrete, did the framing, pretty much everything. We touched on everything except for electrical and plumbing. Okay. So those were their own trades uh, in, the, in the college. Yep. But then I was drawn for some reason to drywall, drywall and taping. I don't know what it was. It was just calling to me. And when I moved back to Winnipeg, uh, I looked for that type of work mm -hmm. and I ended up getting uh, an apprenticeship as a taper yep. with a large commercial drywall company. Beautiful. And uh, that was in. I, I was making, what was it, $15, $16 an hour to start. It was the most money I ever made in my yeah. life. I was 
on top of the world. I was like learning all these new things and uh, just fell in love with it. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Are you for, from Winnipeg? Initially? Uh, yep. yep. Okay. So working in, in, in drywall, right? Not an easy <laughs> no. trade. I know. Right? Even it's my pretty, friend, pretty when, rough I, trade. when I asked him before, he's like, why do you want to get into drywall? <laughs> that's but, a good question. Like yeah. why that's, that's how did, what do you take me through? Like mm. why drywall? What, what attracted you to it? Especially the taping. Uh, I remember seeing tapers on sites mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, when like a store is under construction or something and I, I was watching them work and I just thought it was so cool what they were doing. And I think that kind of um, spoke to that childhood artist mm -hmm. that was like, you can do that as a profession. You can work with your hands and make things. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was really cool. Well, coming from... You know, it doesn't surprise me one bit that you were a musician, you know, <laughs> classical guitar. Um, and for when I look at the stuff that you do now, like it's very artistic, right? It's very creative. Yeah. Um, now growing up, were you always, were you ever entrepreneurial? Did you ever think that you were going to um, be opening up something of your own? Maybe. Yes. And when I look back now, I knew that I was really bad at keeping jobs mm -hmm. and maybe that is part of the entrepreneurial spirit is not being able to work for other people. So I didn't really see it at the time, but I think I needed to work for myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, um, you know, once after restaurants, I think I just felt very motivated and I was excited to learn these things my work ethic changed quite a bit. I became very responsible as like the hardest worker there. Mm -hmm. And um, my employers saw that, but there was this shift. I just, I grew, grew out of it and needed, needed to go out on my own. So was there an aha moment? Was there a light bulb that went off? Was there a big blowout <laughs> firing, walking off the job? No. Or did it just kind of slowly transform uh, into this it was idea? Very slow. Um, I didn't even know all this was going to happen. Okay. It wasn't planned or even a goal. It was just, it just kind of happened. So here, there's a funny saying, just to kind of switch subject for a yep. minute. Um, back in 2011, I believe, I started uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Beautiful. Uh, judo and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Still yep. training. And um, there's a saying from Hicks and Gracie. It's uh, flow with the go instead of go with the flow. Okay. Because things are just happening. There just is a go and you have to flow with it. So I kind of take that to the way or to where a prairie plaster started. Um, things at work were getting pretty boring. Mm -hmm. And I saw on Instagram that there was this thing called Venetian plaster. I had no idea what it was. But then I think... Now this is really artistic. Like I thought taping was cool, but this is like next level. It is. Yeah. Right. And, um, looking into it, I saw that there were courses available 
I was originally going to travel to Toronto, mm -hmm. but uh, there was one in Regina. I thought that's a bit closer. I can just drive there. Mm -hmm. The booming metropolis of Regina. Yeah. So I took a long weekend vacation from my day job to go take this course just out of interest. I didn't know anything could be done with it. I was just really into taping, plastering. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And uh, wanted to know what this thing was. So I, I take the course, I come back, tell my friends about it. They think, oh, that's so cool. Can you do that in my house? So I'm like, sure, yeah. Um, if you cover the material, I'll just come do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my friend had me do his ceiling. Uh, we had done lots of samples in the course. And after the course, I continued to make lots of samples. And uh, my friend's ceiling was a uh, coffered ceiling. Okay. So when I looked up at it and thought about it, I'm thinking, these are just large samples, samples. everywhere. They're just squares. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. Um, posted that on Instagram. And then a designer saw it. And so they messaged me saying, hey, we have a fireplace that we want this in. And I think, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. let's, let's do it. And this, that's just kind of how it started. Um, it really just snowballed from there. So and what year did you take the uh, That course? would have been 2017. Okay. And 18. I, I went back. Right. Because they had uh, the curator of this product come from Italy, uh, Michael DeToni. Okay. Uh, to, te to teach like a master class. Mm -hmm. So that was great to learn right from the source. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just been getting busier and busier every year. To your knowledge, is there anyone else in Winnipeg doing it? Uh, there is. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few of us. We all know each other. Yeah. Uh, we all talk to each other and it's, it's good. It's like a, like a friendly competition because mm -hmm. we are in competition with each other, but we all kind of realize that it's so niche for it to grow. We need to work together yep. in some kind of way. Right. Yep. So there's lots of times where one of us will be too busy and we'll refer each other. And uh, yeah, there's just like a lot of respect for each other and what we do. Cause yeah. There's not many of us doing it. No, that helps yeah. a lot, especially when you're, when you're growing it, you know, that, that just a growing tide raises all boats. Right. So yeah. yeah, you guys will just, and I mean it, the fact that you guys do it so well, I, I won't talk oh, about anyone else. Thanks. The fact that you do it so well, um, the product just, I, I don't want to say it sells <laughs> itself, but your work sells itself. Let's put oh, it that way. Thank you. Like it's just, uh, it's so unique. It looks so, uh, it adds so much dynamic. Yeah. Every, uh, every job is different. Even if it's yeah. the same product, same color. Yeah. I can never replicate it the same way. So that's right. So take me through what Venetian plaster is and, and why it's so different. Well, it's a lime based plaster. And so it does this, it's called the lime cycle. Okay. It starts as a limestone. They cook it, fire it at like 1500, 1600 degrees Fahrenheit or something. Mm -hmm. And that releases carbon dioxide. 
turns into oh sorry to get all sciencey here get let's nerd I'll out keep, we'll keep let's it short get nerd out uh turns into quicklime yep uh you rehydrate it with water that becomes sort of like a slaked lime and that can sit as long as it's underwater in the pail that will last forever and there's some companies that will have 25 year old pails of lime plaster and it's I would love to try using one. Crazy. They're probably just so creamy and easy to work with. Yeah. But um, So then once you apply that to the wall, uh, the water evaporates, it reabsorbs carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. and it turns back into a limestone. So it kind of does this full circle, which is really cool. No kidding. And just being aware of that, and understanding how the product works and why it works the way it does, then I can apply it a certain way. Mm -hmm. And also like to do it artistically, you have to know the technical side, but also the artistic side Mm -hmm. in order to make the the finish what it is. Right. Um, Yeah. People will say they'll touch it and it feels cool. And it's smooth and mm-hmm. they say, oh, it looks like stone. And it really though, it is. Yeah. That's it, what initially got me. Yeah. I was like, I've, I kind of felt foolish because I, you know, you look oh. at it and it looks like it's, you're going to feel this texture and then you touch it and it's like this silky yeah. smooth <laughs> stone. Yeah. It's a beautiful product. Oh man. I love it. it had me at hello. Um, what has the growth looked like over the last few years? Um, well, while you're in construction too, mm-hmm. so you know how it goes. It's everything at once <laughs> and then nothing. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the year, you know, it's, it ends up being steady. Yep. Um, but there were some, especially this last, well, this year and the year before where I was going cross-eyed. I, I, I couldn't handle it myself. I mm-hmm. shouldn't have been handling it myself. Uh, I was able to hire someone this year. Beautiful. To, to finally Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and it was a good fit because we used to work together too. Nice. Uh, he was a taper as well at the same company. So he already know how knew how to use the, the trowel. He was just becoming more familiar with the product and how it works. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was that first year. It was the job for my friend. And the next year, I think it was for one or two designers or builders. You were still doing your drywall job? Full time. Okay. So this prairie plaster was just a side hobby Mm -hmm. at the time. And I thought it was cool that designers wanted it. I started thinking, well, maybe this could be something. Around the third year when it was a little more consistent, I was doing a couple of months. I thought, I want to get this to the point where this is all I'm doing. Yep. And I was able to do that uh, last April, last year in April. Nice. Yeah. We're, uh, I was working downtown. Oh, so this too. Um, so I'm working full time, doing this in on the evenings and weekends. Um, and I just couldn't handle it anymore. You can't work all the time. Yeah. I just have no life. Yep. Uh, so I was hourly at this company. I ended up switching to piecework. So they just give you 
um, however much much footage you want to take on, certain amount of suites in a multifamily building or something, mm-hmm. and you have a deadline. So now I have the flexibility of scheduling because I can come and go as I please as long as I meet that deadline. And if I'm too busy with plaster, then I just take on less footage at work. Perfect. It was great. It was ideal situation. I was very lucky actually to mm-hmm. have that situation. Um, but then it got, as it continues to get busier, I had to make a choice one day. We were working downtown, um, these large, large apartment buildings. They had it all set up so that each floor was on a schedule and the painters were right behind the tapers. And I was supposed to move up a floor. So that Friday I finished, I sanded, finished everything. And I had to go down to my foreman and say, I can't take on any more work. I would have liked to have given him, you know, the two weeks notice, mm-hmm. but it just, how it happened, it just, I, I just couldn't. You straight up mic drop that. Yeah. Trial, trial drop. <laughs> trial drop. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but he was very understanding because um, I, I spoke about it at work. Everyone knew what I was doing. Yep. And uh, he was great about it. You could tell that he was disappointed he's mm-hmm. upset and it kind of put him in a position where he's like well now i need to find somebody yep but he's like good for you like you need to go try this yeah and i hope you do well so yeah, yeah. it was really nice to to get that feedback well that's from awesome him. one thing i really like about so i listen to a lot of podcasts read a lot of stories about people and and their journeys and stuff like that <clears throat> one of the coolest things is like your story is very similar to how many people's story that, well that have you know their, their full-time job and then they get an inkling of something that hey i like doing this you know and and start to build it up start to build it up yeah. and that's really you know you get to this precipice of and uh, now i have to make a decision as far as do i keep living with this madness, yeah, right? Like I came to the same thing. I was a firefighter oh, right. in the city here for 11 years. And, and it was a real big decision of, of do I quit and keep building and build the company? Cause you only have so much focus, right? Yeah. You only have so much time and energy and, and stuff like that. So um, when people are listening and they're listening to your story, right? Uh, saying, okay, well, when is that right time to move? So how did you, how did you make that decision? Was it just that you thought you'd have enough work? Huh. Was it to a point where you you just weren't stressing too much about the risk? Or oh, I was stressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, well, I should thank my partner actually. Okay, that's my. I knew what I needed to do. Yeah, but she. Um, just reminded me reinforced it you know she's like this is what you should be doing like i i can see it as an outsider looking at you Mm -hmm. this is the next step yeah and uh that included the switch to piecework which helped my um schedule flexibility Mm -hmm. uh going out on my own as well as hiring uh that employee so yeah uh, she's been a great help. Very, very supportive. Um, I was worried though, 
I didn't know if it was going to be enough work or if it wasn't, but I knew that I was sick of the dust yep. with taping. So yep. that was enough. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really, especially in, in trades like drywall, especially stuff where you're, it's very repetitive, yep. right? So you can get proficient at it. You can become the best at it. Um, and if, if you can't get to that place where you're just like, challenging yourself somewhere else if mm -hmm. it becomes about that then it's it's really tough to uh to feel stagnant in it right and coming from a place I, and I, I guess i'm speaking for you but it sounds like you're saying like you're a very creative person and you know there's only so much creativity that goes into to drywalling once you've gotten really good at it right like yeah. you can you can get more efficient you can oh, you know always. your, your yeah. lines can get great you know you can mm -hmm. get amazing at sanding and you can get become the best at it but a, after a while it's what next yeah and especially somebody who's uh who's found something so cool and so niched down that <laughs> yeah. uh it seems like everyone is really anyone who sees this product touches it like you know everyone who came into our place that you did right. was just loving it awesome. so where do you find most most of your clients come from? is it from designers is it word of um, mouth is it yeah now it is just through designers okay. mostly um because i did a lot of running around in the beginning mm -hmm. making all these sample boxes and going out and delivering them to designers, builders, uh, or I would take them to show homeowners as well. In the beginning, it was a lot of Instagram mm -hmm. because of people were just seeing what I was posting. Yep. Um, but now that I've developed- Were you dropping these things off cold? Like, would you just be like, hey, I'm Tyler. <laughs> I have this cool thing. Can I, can you look at it? <laughs> yes. So good. <laughs> Um, which was scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a lot of just, no, not interested. Yep. And well, that's fine. Okay, cool. Because, and that's the thing too, is like, I love doing this so much. I don't want to work with people that aren't interested in it. Yep. I've never, well, I shouldn't say never. I have bought a couple ads before, like in the beginning, mm -hmm. but now like I don't, try to push it mm -hmm. i don't try to advertise it uh like you said it, it kind of almost sells itself like the product is just beautiful mm -hmm. and the people that love it love it yeah and if they want it they're gonna get it so. Yeah, yeah so you're in with designers um how have you found though that relationship is it different than with with any other trade or design uh aspect of it like ar architects are you finding that architects are are specking it interior designers are there builders that um, are specking it hmm. i've had uh one architect spec it mm -hmm. which was <laughs> lots of paperwork because mm. they want to know all the uh, all the information about it the right. msds the everything that would need to be on site. Yep. Whereas, you know, sometimes it's a little more laid back with a, say a homeowner mm -hmm. that just wants it in their home and they, they don't need 
all that information. Do the bulk of your jobs and or, or clients, are they through um, like the general public or, or is most through builders and, oh. and interior designers like new build? Yeah, most is new builds, okay. designers or, or renovations. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I've over the years developed those relationships yep. and so they know me, they know the product and they'll either spec something that they already know mm -hmm. or even recently I did one, they kind of gave me like a inspiration photo. They're like, can you do something like this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Just something, you know, something different, something unique. Mm -hmm. um, don't get me wrong. I love doing all the finishes that I do, but I do a lot of white. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of gray. Yeah. Lots of matte, matte <laughs> finishes. Right. Um, it's just different, but that's, that's where we live, I think too. Yeah. Uh, if you go say to Miami or LA, the Venetian plaster down there is very flashy, very high gloss, um, lots of bright colors and, mm. and crazy stuff. Yeah. Whereas here, yeah, it's lots of neutrals, more matte. Um, but I think that's just, um, yeah, it's just who we are. We're a little more, not reserved, but like there's kind of like a, a humbleness to the people here so yeah absolutely i saw a you were taking through the reconstruction of uh some crown molding oh yeah and you did an excellent job of oh, thank of, you. of uh storylining uh -huh. that right. for everyone um how much of that kind of plastering stuff um, is prevalent in winnipeg and that you're doing i get uh a lot of uh emails about it mm -hmm. but there's quite a few that I just can't do. Mm. Um, if I'm thinking of the one that you brought up, was that the egg and dart? You created one? a mold. Like the silicone mold? That's right. This one, uh, oh, well, this is going to be, people can listen. I was in over my head for this. It looked or incredible. I, I felt like I was. Okay, yeah. Uh, because before then I had only made basic ones with the sheet metal and the, uh, the wood pieces. Yep. So you can run in place mm -hmm. or on a bench and those would get installed later. But this had so many details in it, the egg and dart and all these, <laughs> it was so ornamental. I was looking up at it and I, I thought, well, I know what needs to be done. Mm-hmm but I have never done this before. Uh, but I was up for the challenge. Uh, so it just took a lot of research of where do I get the silicone? What type of silicone do I need to get? How do you support the mold? Like how, how do you make this thing so that I can reproduce it? Mm -hmm. And then finding the right plaster materials. Um, not sure I did exactly, but you can't get the exact same things anymore. So I, I just got casting plaster from FBM yep. embedded it with burlap for some, some extra strength. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we just made, it was about a four foot section cause there were two different trims that just repeated. They repeated, but yep. they didn't line up. <laughs> 
Even better. Yeah. They yeah. lined up every 44 inches or something like that. 45 right. inches. It was okay. really strange. It was offset or they were different sizes or something. Yeah. And so I can make these pieces, but then to put them up, I have to know exactly where to cut them so that the pattern continues. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. It was really good. I think it was so cool. So if, if you would have just posted a single picture of it, probably wouldn't have been that cool. No. Even a single video. <laughs> meh, okay. That would have been cool, but you storylined it and you created this, like you documented yeah. what you were doing, which completely sucked me in. Like oh, I was, cool. I still remember to this day. Right. And so how, how have, how do you look at social media? How have you been able to, um, oh. you know, whether you think you do it well or not, um, you know, you're still doing it. Do is it, you know, what's your intention with it? Have you thought about strategies, anything like that? Take me um, through it. Love hate relationship with social media. Mm -hmm. Um, not great at it. You I, think? No, I'll, I, no, you think that, I right? Think, yeah. I, yeah well, I think others yeah. would disagree. Um, I think that because I feel like there's so much more I could be doing, mm -hmm. but then but you can't do everything. You That's know? right. But I have ideas of videos and, uh, more like storyline mm -hmm. videos of the process, the mm -hmm. behind the scenes of how does it look like this? Cause it's cool to see the finished product, but how do you get there? That's right. Um, yeah. Social media is very cool. I love seeing videos like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wish I could make them. I'm sure I could. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's the time and it's funny. It's like when I get to site, all of that, sometimes I forget to even take pictures of projects because mm -hmm. I show up and I just want to work. Mm -hmm. I'm there to work, but I guess that is part of it too. Like, I do it all the time. Yeah. I'll be driving away from the job site from like a $3 million <laughs> home and <laughs> no. I'll just be like, Oh, you not forgot one picture oh, no. <laughs> today, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a crane there. We'll have monster, like we'll have, you know, 16 trucks of materials waiting. We'll have 14 trades on site, you know, on a, on an insane busy day yeah. and I'm not documenting any of it. And you're just like, you idiot. Yeah. It's you know? like, we need someone just to follow us around with a camera or something. Yeah. Well, there's people to do that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And it's coming to that. Um, but yeah, you know, drop it, making it into a, a process or something that, you know, you make sure that you do every day. Cause it's, I find that it's just that consistency, right. And, yeah. and the habit of creating the habit of, can, can I do this? Can I, you know, how am I going to yeah. do it? I think planning, uh, social media is a lot about, about pre-planning and, yeah. and understanding what we're going to do. There is, but it's like any other skill, right? If I asked you to go skateboarding, you've never skateboarded before, you're going to go oh, out there and fall and <laughs> suck, right? Yeah. So a lot of us suck very early on at social media. And it's mm -hmm. just through sucking less and less and less until one day you're like, okay, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I think it's just like a comfort thing too. So you've probably seen my Instagram. There's one maybe two photos of my face mm -hmm. and 
So I'm just shy and shy to go on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it may, it's probably hurting me, my social media right now. But the way I look at it and approach it is it's just a portfolio. Yeah. But I know it could be so much more. Yeah. And it could be more engaging and informative. I, so I hope I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. I think, I think people really above anything want to get to know Tyler. Oh, <laughs> serious. Right. So when, when they get to know you, when they feel like, like it's, it's really interesting. You know, we have, I think 30,000 subscribers on YouTube and there's comments and people that will like, it's like, they will talk to you like they know you, right. Because they mm -hmm. just, they watch you, they get connected. Right. Um, it's how I feel about people that I follow and read and watch and everything like that. So in the, in the, um, one of the one of the best things I've ever heard about social media was like, don't think about creating content. Just document the process. Document what That's you good. do. Right. Yeah. Cause I always think like, oh, okay, what am I gonna create? What idea, what message, what what am I gonna share? Rather than just like turning on my phone and either talking through what we're doing, not even like thinking about what I'm talking, like, here's what we're doing today. Yeah. Right. Here's this, here's this, like yeah. those ones seem to do the best and people are watching. Real, and if right? that's a hundred percent it, right. Like the real Tyler Barrett, people want to know, people want to watch you work. And I guarantee that if you had somebody videotaping you while you were working and you were just talking about what you were doing, it'd be insane. As simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Like how, yeah. you know, like how do, how do we know how much pressure to apply? Right. Cause like that's, oh. that's a big thing, right? Like your, your authentic creativity while you're doing this is different than all the other guys that are doing it because it's, that's just the style, right? That's, right. It, you guys all do it differently. You're doing the same thing, but you're doing it differently. So I would watch that. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, let's dive into jujitsu. Okay. Cause one, sure. I want my son to do it cause I never did. Yeah. And two, I kind of want to do it with him. Nice. Okay. So I've always, I've been hiding from it because I tore my back a while ago oh, and I'm no. super not flexible. However, I think it's probably one of the not only coolest, but most practical uh, Area. thing to get into. But you also get to, like, I think it's so much more than that. Like, it's so mental mm -hmm. as far as understanding your and being aware of yourself, your body, your mind. Yeah. I don't know how many things teach you how to be choked out and just like staying calm and trying to figure it out while you're getting choked out. Yeah. It right? takes a long time. I'm, I've been doing it what over 10 years now and I'm still trying to figure it out. How'd you first get into it? Um, originally it was judo. Like I always wanted to get into martial arts mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, judo was it. Uh, the club that I was at at the time was a judo and jujitsu club. This was in uh, Niagara Falls. Um, but I just kind of took more to the jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why. There was just, there was so much 
so much to it. I just loved the way it's like you're playing chess with your body. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's great for physical health, mental health, um, teaches discipline, commitment, and humility. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I first started, um, only a few months in, maybe not even, uh, I rolled with this 115 pound woman and she choked the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) And there was nothing I could do. I thought I could overpower her, which I could a little bit, but her jujitsu was so good that she was able to use the techniques at the right time to off balance me and put me in really bad positions. She just flowed with your go. She did. Yeah. Moved moved around it. Yeah. (laughs) That's phenomenal. Yeah. And so now, um, I train at balance uh, here in Winnipeg, um, on Notre Dame and McPhillips. Okay. Uh, so I'm a purple belt under professor Matt McDonald. Okay. And, uh, it's a great club. Yeah. You should go. Any injuries? Uh, like how, how has it been with um, your body? Nothing. Like I get sore. I'm mm-hmm. sore all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I've never had any anything break. Never. Mm. Um, mostly it's just like sore knees, sore shoulders. But I'm physical at work too. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have a lot of time to rest and recover that's fair um but it's one of the safest sports i think Mm -hmm. because you're working with your partner um it is like a a competitive fight or match Mm -hmm. but you're also helping each other in that if say we're we're grappling i want you to get better Mm -hmm. so that it's more of a challenge for me because then I have to get better, right? which will make you better again. And so we just keep building each other up mm-hmm. and we need to keep our training partners safe mm-hmm. and healthy because if we don't have training partners, then we can't practice. Yep. So uh, safety is huge. Everyone's very mindful that's there and uh, it's just become a great little family really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it sounds like there is a lot of um lessons and everything that you can learn from jujitsu that you're applying in you know the stresses of opening your own business yeah. hiring employees <laughs> trying to think about social media yeah. sales marketing processes all these stupid things that come into you know, owning your own business. Um, I can imagine that having to hire your first employees very similar to getting choked out and trying to (laughs) not panic when it feels like that. Yeah. So what made you, um, was it just getting really busy? You know, how did you make this decision to, uh, Um, and and tell me about that? Well, this was, this year was better than last year because last year I didn't see it coming. And then I was just overwhelmed okay. with work Yep. and uh, working seven days a week for months. 
and uh, this year I saw it coming. I think maybe communication was a bit better with uh, designers, builders, and everything. So the scheduling was there, and I could see, okay, so in a month from now, you're going to be overwhelmed again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked my friend, uh, David, yep. are you interested in learning this? And he said, yeah, absolutely. He knew that I was doing it for a long time. and. Yep. Um, I still did have to work quite a bit because I can't just send him to a job on his own right away. He was shadowing me, um, for quite a while. And so I was working more than I needed to, Mm -hmm. but as soon as, uh, we both felt comfortable that he knew what he was doing, then I I just started sending him to jobs on his own because I knew he'd be able to do it. So where do you see the next uh, bottleneck coming? Is it is it going to be, you know, on the admin side or the office, the paperwork, the bookkeeping, the <sighs> you know, all of that, the the business back end stuff? Uh, is it going to be in marketing where, you know, if you if you hire another person, you know, we got to keep everyone busy, or mm-hmm. maybe you're just you know, just going to keep growing and the jobs are just keep kind of coming, then it becomes an HR issue. And now you have to hire more people. Yeah. Um, I will just flow. I like it. Yeah. It's, um, and just to go back to jujitsu for a second, mm-hmm. it's like someone say you get mounted that, <laughs> that means someone's on top of you yep. and their legs are around your torso. Very bad place to be. You just want to be here protecting your neck yeah. and face. Yeah. You start thinking, okay, as long as you're calm, how do I get out of here? And so it's the same with work. When when problems start coming, I used to get very overwhelmed and almost shut down <laughs> for mm-hmm. like for like a day yep. before I could like think about it again. Yeah. But now I just Work it's, just choked me out. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I had to tap out. And um, now it's, it's just more of an opportunity to learn because it's like, okay, how can I do this? Or what do I need to do in order to make this happen? Mm-hmm. Do you think that you were, so this is a skill that you learn. This is yeah. like, you weren't always this calm under fire. No. Were you, were you always this calm uh, before jujitsu or um, this is just completely learned from that or getting hammered in work over <laughs> and over and over. I've always been pretty calm, Yep. but, um, when I was younger, it was more of just shutting down mm. and now I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think jujitsu helped with that. Right. So you've been, you've been quite successful in this small little niche. Why? What do you think that differentiates you from from anyone else doing it? Like, what do you think? What do you think that you? Hmm. How do you that you approach things differently? I want it to look like an artistic installation. Um, I don't just put it on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's like every trowel movement is done with intention, and. 
that was actually very difficult to learn. Because um, with taping, you want clean lines. Everything's mm -hmm. straight and on a grid, basically. Yep. Whereas for Venetian plaster, if you do that, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look natural. Right. And so you actually have to create purposeful randomness, which is very difficult because not only do we naturally see straight lines, but we're also very repetitive. Mm -hmm. And that means we're repetitive in our movements. Right. If I make the same trowel angles, it just it just doesn't look right. Yeah, patterning. Yeah. You know. It's like controlled chaos kind right. of. Yeah, yeah. Well, cut open a, a slab of anything and nothing. It's not going to be the same, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just approach it in in that idea that I want it to look as natural as possible, but just like in a very aesthetically pleasing way. Yeah. Why did you choose to stay in Winnipeg? Um, cause I love minus 50. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, just people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the vibe here. There's just um, a lot of very talented people that it's like no one knows. There's just so much talent coming from Winnipeg um, where there's artists, um, doctors, lawyers, anyone. Mm -hmm. any like There's just so many people that are so good at what they do here. It's just nice to be around. Are you still big in the music scene? Do you still? No. No? No. Do you still big, play guitar? Uh, A little bit. I yeah. grew my nails out a little while ago because yeah. I, I had taken some time off of jujitsu. Yep. Unfortunately, I can't do both at the same time because you need to be able to mm -hmm. finger pick on the right. nylon strings. Um, It was nice to, to pick it up again, yeah. but I don't, I don't play very much anymore. No. Um, what do you, when you think about Winnipeg, and your business do you think running something would be different in anywhere else do you think that it would be any different than winnipeg it would be um not just the uh like the style of what people are are getting mm -hmm. but also i don't know if the um how would you say like the relationship between people in the trades, mm -hmm. I don't think that would be the same. Mm. Um, Cause it is very niche here, yep. but if you went somewhere else, there's so much competition and so many people doing it, it might be a little more cutthroat. Right. Whereas here it feels like, even though we are in competition with each other, it's a little more communal. Yeah. Is there anything about plastering, Venetian plaster, uh, drywalling, anything like that, that you think that generally people, is there anything that you want them to know? Like, what do people not know about that that you think that they should? About plaster? Anything, Maybe. yeah. Um, well, plaster has tons of benefits. Okay. Um, so I was telling you about that. Um, the lime cycle, yep. when it's uh, reabsorbing uh, carbon dioxide, 
during that curing phase. Mm -hmm. So that's actually purifying the air. If you had your whole room done, it's taking away CO2. And so you're going to have better air. Lime plaster is hypoallergenic. So it's great if you have kids, pets, allergies, anything, it's all safe. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the other ones? What about, what about price point? Like, How does it compare against a lot of other, uh, other finishes that you've seen, right? Cause I imagine, yeah. you know, when we considered Venetian plaster versus like, you know, doing millwork on the wall or anything mm-hmm. like that, where does that sit? Uh, I would compare it to probably a mid-range tile installation. Really? But it always depends. Um, the size, the design, the texture, um, even how much footage is obviously if you have tons of footage, the price point can come down a bit, mm-hmm. but on uh, very small jobs, like say a range hood, it's kind of just a baseline price mm-hmm. because the material is so expensive. Yep. Is there places where you don't think that it should be? Is there applications where you wouldn't be putting it? Uh, never on floors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Venetian plaster is good for walls and ceilings, um, fireplaces, range hoods, maybe a backsplash. We'd have to seal it quite a few times. Yep. Uh, but then there's also Tadalact, which can go into showers, steam rooms, that kind of thing. I've never heard of it. Okay, so Tadalact is it's not actually... Um, a type of plaster, it's uh, a technique. Okay. So Tadalact uh, originated in Morocco. Okay. And the word means uh, to rub because they would take these small stones and burnish the plaster with them. Uh, I've never been to Morocco. I'd love to go mm-hmm. to see these places. Uh, but they have all these natural curvatures and the architecture. And um, it's a very cool phenomenon um so it is lime plaster it does that same lime cycle but in that curing stage you treat it with uh olive soap Mm -hmm. and there's um it's okay if i get sciencey again Mm -hmm. for a second so um there's a stearic acid in the soap and that combines with the uh, free calcium and the lime while it's curing. Okay. So there's like a small window of opportunity to do this soap application. Yep. And that creates uh, calcium stearate, which is a natural hydrophobic uh, surface. So there's no chemicals. There's no plastics, polyurethane, which you would see in... Micro cement. Yeah. I used to have a lot of questions about micro cement, but I, I, I don't want to do it. What does the substrate look like? Like, what are you putting this on? Um, just <clears throat> cement board. Okay. For that, yeah. You'd have the prep like would be the same up. as tile. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we schluter it. We seal it up. Um, or I would. Oh yeah, that's the thing too. Uh, you could. It works, but if there's any air pockets. Mm-hmm. Ooh, or right. ripples yep. or bubbles, any inconsistencies that's going to mess up the finish. So I always recommend 
You could even use Red Guard. Okay. Just, yeah. just a liquid membrane. Yep. Uh, to, to waterproof it. Yeah. I would really like to see that product. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I was, I, so I'm making new sample boxes. I wanted okay. to bring one for you. Yeah. They're not ready yet. Okay. Uh, but I'll make sure that. Well, you'll have make, to come back. Make sure that you get one. Okay. I'm in. Um, are you a routine guy? Yeah. Take me through your day. Do. What is it? What does your day look like? <laughs> well, I worked quite a, quite a bit to get to this point. Um, my days are nice. They're really nice. I wake up usually to no alarm. Um, I take the dog for a walk. Are you an early riser? No. No? Okay. <laughs> usually, uh, I mean, I would love to get up at around 6.30. Yeah. Because by noon, you feel like half the day is wasted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I'm usually up around 7 or 8. Okay. And uh, yeah, have coffee with my partner, take the dog for a walk, and then right away I'm on my computer doing emails, administration. Um, I'll go to the studio, make samples, or go to site uh, to do installations. Mm -hmm. And then that could be one one or two jobs a week. And while well, I have, have uh, David now helping me, so... Mm -hmm. Um, then yeah, I just work and while I'm there, oh, that's what I hated about, uh, piecework taping is it was go, 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 just get it done. Mm -hmm. And I felt like quality suffers when you're in that mindset. Mm -hmm. So when I get to site, I make sure that, you know, I've had my coffee, I'm well fed. I'm in a good place to start working. Mm -hmm. I didn't rush to get there. I'm there because I want to be there and I'm ready to be there. Yep. And so when I start working, I just feel like that it creates a better finished product because mm -hmm. I'm in the right state of mind and I can just do my best work. Right. Well, you, you kind of have to be being an artist, right? <laughs> guess, like, yeah. As an, as an artist, like, yeah, your work is going to, tr it, it's going to transfer through you as far as like, yeah. I bet you that if you were angry, <laughs> it would be very different than if yeah. you were feeling something else. And right? I have done sub jobs where I was angry or upset. Yeah. And they, they looked okay though. Like, yeah. But to, to me, they, they, they don't. Okay. Yeah. And I actually probably feel like that about every job. It's nice to hear because people are like, oh my gosh, it. It looks beautiful. It, mm -hmm. it looks amazing. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, like if had I just angled this one trowel line this way, yeah. I would have liked it better. Yeah. But it's all random anyway. Yeah. And uh, that's why every piece is unique. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, oh, funny. Sorry. Just hold on one sec. Yeah. I actually was talking to uh, a guy who was supposed to go to site. And he, he asked me, so what time are you going to be here? And I do all my, you know, I kind of take my time in the morning, mm -hmm. do my uh, computer email stuff. And so I told him, I'm going to show up around 10 o'clock. And he goes, oh, you're one of those guys. And I thought, one of what guys? Like, sure, sure, it's late, seems late in the day, but there's lots of people that show up at six, seven in the morning 
and have their coffee and stand around, but they're getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I show up when I'm ready to work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you meditate at all? Jiu-jitsu is meditation. Yeah. I was, I was going to say you probably get into it. In some way. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of mind work that goes. Yeah. If you're that. not focused on what's happening in the moment, right. Every moment of, yeah. of that role, uh, you get choked. Yeah. How much does, um, I just, I refer to you as an artist because what you do oh. is, is incredible. <laughs> Thanks. Um, how much do you think about, you know, work on versus work off? You know, you can't work seven days a week. How much, how much time do you take purposeful time off? Do you, you know, I are, wish I did more. You? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were going to do lots of stuff this year. We didn't, we thought about renting cabins and we did get to do some stuff though, like, mm -hmm. uh, hiking, went to Pinawa mm -hmm. just to, uh, you know, take some us time. Yeah. Um, uh, growing it, a small business. Yeah, hey? It's frustrating though, too, because sometimes, sometimes you can't because every site has a schedule and a deadline. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually one of the last people in there. Yep. And so it's like, I almost feel obligated. It's like, I'm a slave to the schedule mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, there is some flexibility, but yeah. So when there's three or four jobs that all line up on the same week, right. Then what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And then that's where David, David, helped. yes. Do we He's have so much help? Are you slated for two? Did we, are you in on those two fireplaces? Do, do you sure. think on the next? We'll have to I talk so. about that. I think yeah. we are. Yeah. I'm not sure what product you're, what, what we talked about, but now okay. that I think about it, I think you're. Okay. I got to get you that sample box. Then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm really intrigued uh, at the, is it Tactolite? Is that what uh, Tadillact. Tadillact. I wasn't even close. Okay. It was pretty Interesting. close. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, really looking forward to uh to a new product that could look really neat in in showers i is there anything that i haven't asked you that you know you've been thinking about hmm. kind of you knew you were coming on and yeah. you know is there anything else that i didn't ask you that i should have is there anything that you want to talk about one sec i probably have notes here somewhere i like it when did you get tattied up uh, it has been ongoing since I was 19. Really? Yeah, I'm working. I just have one, just one, just one continuous, one big tattoo. What is it? Yeah. It's, um, oh, it's a lot. I guess there's time, right? Uh, my left arm is a history piece. Okay. This is, uh, Lord of Sapan. Okay. Um, he was, um, found in i think 86 uh in peru and it was like the largest um mummy finding since wherever like this this century it was just huge yeah and so this piece is kind of dedicated to that have you seen um apocalypto mm -hmm. you know where they they're going through that tunnel and then they get their throats cut yep and then they drink the blood that's actually this guy 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then we got some nicer stuff on this arm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like flowers, waves and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, my left leg is an Oni demon, a Japanese demon. Okay. Cutting off a samurai's head. Okay. And then I have a dragon that is goes from my entire back down my entire right leg. Crazy. And uh, then on my left chest here, there's a snake coming down in my ribs. How do you... So one of the problems I'm having is yeah. I want to get... Uh, I want to get a, more tattoos. I just don't know what to get. That's fine. That's the biggest... Like I have... So I got one when I was... 15 or 16 okay from yeah. my cousin in my basement a superman tattoo nice it was super cool back then yeah don't love it now still super cool or is it yeah good <laughs> <laughs> it's faded like crazy you can't oh. right i don't see it it's on my back oh, right? okay so i thought about covering yeah. it but every time i think about what i would want and what i would want to cover it with and how like i just kind of blank how did yeah. how did you choose like i had i go see kurt wiscom at tattoos for the individual okay um he did uh the lord of sapan here yep. this my uh, left arm i had my leg and this arm done by other people but i just loved kurt's style so much and I, so i went back to him talking about maybe doing a back piece mm-hmm. and I ended up just Say, okay, just cover me. Just yeah, you can do the rest of my body. And uh, I knew I wanted the Japanese theme, so it's mm-hmm. not my full front; it's uh, the panels. Mm-hmm. And I just told him different things I liked. I was like, I like dragons, snakes, peony flowers, this and that. And he's like, Okay, I'll just make something for you. So cool. So I just give him the ideas and. He's the artist. Yep. So give him full liberty to create whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So what do you, do you have any plan? Have you thought about where you want Prairie Plaster to go? I have, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hopefully, if it continues to get busy, um, I could have, and like in the next couple of few years, mm-hmm. have maybe two or three people installing, mm-hmm. which would free up some time for me to do more of the samples um, and corresponding with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I might be a little hands off, mm-hmm. just take on the, the ones that I really want to do. Or like if there's larger jobs where we all have to work together, then we yep. can, can do that. But um, that plus jujitsu is just very hard on the body and almost 40. Yeah. Starting to feel it. Yeah. And, uh, I know I won't be able to do it forever. So, yeah. I noticed it was like my 30th birthday. It was yeah. like, it was just clockwork, yes. right? You turn 30 and you're you just woke like, up. what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, this isn't Honey, did you hit me or something? Yeah. What is this? And then I'm told it's the same thing at 40. Really? You just wake up. <sighs> 40 years old, something something else. Look at that, hey? 
Yeah. I, you knew you were coming on and yeah. is there anything else that I didn't ask you? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I don't know where to start actually. Okay. Yeah. It's been very difficult doing all these things. And even, I was even nervous coming here today, mm -hmm. even though we've met before. Yeah. I, mean, I know you. Okay. Um, but this is a new situation being behind the microphone. Yeah. This is your situation. first, this is your first podcast. Yeah. And you've probably noticed that I haven't been making lots of eye contact with you. And when I do, it's I'm trying, mm -hmm. uh, but I am autistic. Really? Yeah. Uh, is very late diagnosis. Um, uh, like late twenties and Oh, it explained a lot of like the frustration and struggling growing up with different situations and trying to understand and connect with people. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten a lot better. Lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of therapy years and years. Yeah. Um, and it's just really helped to kind of change my perspective and give me better skills. Uh, especially when it's commuting, communicating with people mm -hmm. or avoiding those shutdowns and meltdowns. Right. Yeah. Have you found that um, jujitsu has played a big part in, in all that um, for, for being able to overcome a lot of the, you know, I don't know. Just time. Yeah. Yeah just time time and time and practice like like reps like if you were do you think that if you were on this podcast every day that by the third week you'd just be yeah because it's nice. um yeah repetition yep. is nice yep. um and just kind of knowing what to expect uh helps mm -hmm. as well yeah that's why i could talk for hours about plaster mm -hmm. and jujitsu yeah, yeah and uh maybe not much else <laughs> a little like i get kind of uncomfortable talking about myself too personally yeah um but you know it's just getting better at everything so when you're when you were dialed in like even guitar is that is, oh that was my life yeah yeah i as a teenager i did not go out and party I was in my room in the basement eight hours a day playing guitar. Really? And that was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And friends would call, hey, we're going here. Do you want to come out? And I said, I can't. Because the, the, it was just hyper-focused on one thing. That is all I wanted to do. Yeah. And now, now it's plaster. That's awesome. Um, so that's been helping um, drive the business, Yeah, which is good. It's weird being in business, but um, definitely helps. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Like you've you've found not only a product, but a uh, a place to have it that wants it, right? Like the the uh, the higher end homes, and I think that yeah, it's just it's just going to keep getting bigger. So I think that hyper focus is definitely going to play <laughs> yeah. play on in your favor here. Yeah. So it's good, um, too. It's like, um, kind of entrepreneurs need that type of focus mm -hmm. 
And I never really question whether or not it's going to work out or, oh, what if I fail? Those are never thoughts in my mind. And it's not even that I think I'm going to succeed either. It's just, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. There's, there's times when I, uh, I actually forget to look at the downside, mm. like the, the associated risks. Cause I'm oh. very, cause I'm very similar. And <laughs> yeah. like, if I want to do it, I'm probably just going to do it. Yeah. That's what made me, uh, not really that employable anymore. Oh, Is that I was just like, no, I don't. My wife's like, you don't like people telling you what to do. Yeah. It's like, no. I just want to do what I want to do. That's what helped you jump out of the plane this morning. That's very true. You just, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate uh, you sharing about what you do, how you do it, and your plans to, to continue. Um, of my four brothers, I'm probably the least artistic of them all. Oh. And so I'm, I'm always in awe of, you know, people that that are really able to tie that into what they do and and you know I I get that passion from you in this so it's really cool I mean I the from the second you originally took me through Venetian plaster I was sold from oh. <laughs> from just like how much you know you believed in it and and how good the product looks so I uh yeah, I I really appreciate it. I think that it's going to continue to get even bigger. And uh, I'm Hope excited so, to, to have you working on our projects too. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Um, thank you. Uh, come back anytime. Okay. And uh, appreciate you sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me.